Hey everyone, thanks for coming to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 245 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today we'll be reading Matthew 19 and 20, um, and then we'll also read Psalm 90. Let's get going. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he departed from Galilee and went to the region of Judea across the Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Some Pharisees approached him to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? Haven't you read, he replied, that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female. And he also said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked him, did Moses command us to give divorce papers and to send her away? He told them, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because of the hardness of your hearts. But it was not like that from the beginning. I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, if the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. He responded, not everyone can accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb. There are eunuchs who were made by men. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves that way because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who was able to accept it should accept it. Then the children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, leave the children alone. Don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And after placing his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then... Someone came up and asked him, teacher, what must I do? What good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? You know, humans, we're always looking for a loophole, right? Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I've kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that, he heard that he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, see, we've left everything and followed you. So what will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you in the renewal of all things, when the son of man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the workers one on one denarius, he sent them into his vineyard for the day. When he went out about nine in the morning, he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, you also go into my vineyard and I'll give you whatever is right. So off they went. About noon and about three, he went out again and did the same thing. 
Then about five, he went and found others standing around. He said to them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one hired us, they said. You also go into my vineyard, he told them. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard told his foreman, call the workers and give them their pay, starting with the last and ending with the first. When those who were hired about five came, they each received one denarius. When the first ones came, they assumed they would get more, but they also received a denarius each. When they received it, they began to complain to the landowner. Well, these last men put in one hour and you made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day's work and the burning heat. He replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree to, to with me on a denarius? Didn't you agree with me on a denarius? Take what's yours and go. I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? Are you jealous because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. While going up to Jerusalem, Jesus took the 12 disciples aside privately and said that to them on the way, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. The son of man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified on the third day. He will be raised. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him with her sons. She knelt down to ask him for something. What do you want? He asked her. Promise, she said to him, that these two sons of mine may sit on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? We are able, they said to him. He told them, you will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right and left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those whom it has been prepared for by my father. When the 10 disciples heard this, they became indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them over and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those in the high positions act as tyrants over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. I mean, he just did the, you know, air quotes lesson on first and last. And here, this is what's happening. And, you know, be your ser be a servant. It says, um, and whoever wants to be, be first among you, be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were two blind men sitting by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd demanded that they be kept quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Jesus stopped, called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? I love that, like, like Jesus didn't know, but he wanted them to say it. Lord, they said to him, open our eyes. Moved with compassion. Remember what I said the other day? Here, you see it again. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they could see and they followed him. Psalm 90. Lord, you've been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam, for in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by like a few hours of the night. You end their lives, they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows up. By evening it withers and dries up. For we are consumed by your anger. We're terrified by your wrath. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days ebb away under your wrath. We end our years like a sigh. Our lives last 70 years, or if we're strong, 80 years. 
Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Your wrath matches the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. I like to look at this as, Lord, help me steward my time wisely, that I make the most of what you've given me. Mm. Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have seen adversity. Let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. That's it, friends. What a good reading today. I hope you come back tomorrow um, and we'll continue to read the Bible together every day. See ya.